Hello, everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. It's good to see you. My name is Toby, pastor here at Orange Coast Church. We're in this um, precedent time, and we're walking through uncharted waters. We're walking through the unknowns, but yet the Lord is good, that He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And for that, we, we get to worship together. And what a privilege and honor it is to uh, join together with you to worship our Lord, who is living, who is alive, who is here with us today. He is in your living room. He is in your bedroom. Wherever you're tuning in, He is with you. And may we give our best to Him as we look to Him. You don't need social distancing with God. You know, you need spiritual closeness with God. And as we look through this season of social distance, and we, we are so confused. What does that word mean? How are we supposed to live by every day as we, as we go through different places if we are able to? How do we keep that distance? What is six feet apart? You know, because for some, six feet is like this. For some, it's like this. Some, it's like... 12 feet apart. I mean, it's just all dependent upon our interpretation or the willingness to abide in. But that interpretation of the word social distance these days, it could either make us or break us. I mean, it is so critical. But who are we to judge that? I mean, are, am I okay with my own interpretation? How do we know that? Or do we base that decision or that interpretation on someone else? Like, say, an expert of who knows the situation more. And we probably should. So we're listening and trying our best to, to, to hear the orders and do our best. But the problem is there is really no one expert on this situation of novel coronavirus or COVID-19, we say. And the interpretation of how do we abide in these times of social distancing, it's all over the place. And that's why it's so scary because there is no answer. And it's kind of up to us. How do we live in this situation? There is a big problem right now. I'm sure you're facing that today. And that's why it's, it's, it's scary. That's why it's worrisome. And the Bible talks about a global problem. And the Bible has been warning and, and, and teaching us how to live with this problem. What do we do with this problem? And the problem isn't coronavirus. The problem is sin. And it's a problem because we all have our own interpretation of what that means or what sin is or am I a sinner and then, and then, you know, we're, we're all over the place and we be our own judge. And it's incredibly scary because no one really has the answer to this problem of sin. Nobody. Because we are not an expert of ourselves. And you might say, you know, I know myself well. I know humanity. I've studied, you know, anthropology or I study physiology. I know humanity but there's only one expert of who could really teach us of what life means, what, what sin is, what we are meant to be. And that's God who is the author of creation, author of life. And without him, we are bound to just have our own spin on different subjects, especially the critical things about life, about sin. We have to look to him. And how does he reveal himself and his answers to us? It's made available to you. It's called the Bible. 
the word of God, scripture. And we have an access to the almighty God and how he is teaching us about what to do with this global problem called sin. Right now we're looking through, we've been studying the book of Luke. We're in chapter 24 today and it's talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that word, resurrection, changed everything. And we didn't plan to do this passage today. We didn't, when we planned that, we didn't know this world is going to be in this situation. But if I had a choice, I would probably preach from this specific verse because this is so life-changing. And how we interpret this resurrection of Christ either make us or break us. And we cannot afford to misinterpret. We cannot base this understanding of what the resurrection of Christ means based on how we feel or how, we, how, how, how somebody else teaches us. What is God teaching us? And we have to have this posture of receiving and surrendering. Literally, our hands open says, you know, teach me, God, because I thought I'm an expert on this. I thought I had the answers, but I need you to speak your truth into me. And we have to have that attitude because otherwise... We'll have our own interpretation. It's hard for us because we like to be experts on multiple things, especially about ourselves. We hate to have people say, hey, this is, this is the reality for you. Because it's hard for us to grasp that. But when we do truly grasp the meaning of the resurrection, it changes everything. I mean everything. And it brings us hope. We cannot go back to the pre-resurrection thinking. You know, it's like this. Here's a picture of something that I found fascinating. It's called Buncho Balloon. You want to check this out? This is life-changing, right? I mean, seriously. This is something that changed my life because I've done a lot of children's ministry together. And before, I used to like make balloons, water balloons, and hundreds and hundreds of them. It took us hours. And it rips, and you throw away, you rip, and then you put it on the, you know, the hose. And it's just a mess. But this guy right here, 100 balloons in 60 seconds and then when it's done it just drops and it's ready to throw at people you know it's like this is how life-changing this we cannot go back to the old school ways anymore right because we have bunch of balloon well resurrection is like a bunch of balloon we cannot undo that we cannot go back to the ways that we live before we knew about the resurrection of christ you hear me i know it's kind of a silly comparison but it is so true that we once we grasp resurrection the eternal hope, and the resurrection hope stays with us. We cannot go back to the days of the past where we had no idea what life meant, what afterlife meant, what sin meant. This is the solution that we must come to. We have to make this right. We got to get this right about what resurrection means to us. So let's make sure we do that today, all right? Let's go through um, Luke chapter 24. And this is the Easter narrative. Easter's coming up in a couple weeks. Who knows what that's going to look like. It'll probably be online like this. It'll be, we're going to try to do something special, but it might not look like what we always wanted to do. But that's life right now. But right now, what, thing, what does not change is that we have the living word that is speaking to us each and every day as we seek him. So let's seek him. He is right here in our scriptures. He talking to you. He is speaking to you. And it is right now, Luke 24, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read this for you. If you could follow along, whether it's on our screen or whether it's on your know, devices or your physical Bible. On the first day of the week... 
very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the man said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, but on the third day be raised again. Then... They remembered his words. It was, uh, we've been covering the story of Jesus leading up to the cross. And last week we talked about the crucifixion of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He died miserably on the cross. The Son of God, the part of the Trinity, the triune God, he is God, Jesus and then he is the word of God from the very beginning which became, who became flesh and lived or dwelled among us. And then to die on the cross. I mean, this is God we're talking about. Why would he have to do that? Well, you know, before there was coronavirus pandemic, there was a bigger problem, the pandemic of sin. In fact, it, when it entered us and from the very beginning of time, it stayed. The sin has always been around. And when sin came into humanity, we learned how to blame each other. Remember, this is the source of all problems as we see in the stories of, story of Adam and Eve. When Adam sa- ate the fruit that God says, you cannot eat that from. You, know, oh, you can do anything else, but not that. He ate. And then when God says, what have you done? He, what, remember what he did. He says, no, that woman you made me, she made me eat this. He began to blame her. And then when Eve heard this, he's like, well, the Satan, I, it's not my fault. It's Satan. It's that, that serpent who made me eat this. And they began to blame each other. And that is the result of sin. When, we, when this thought of we could be better than God, this idea of sin, and we don't have to obey what God said, that's when we have that. We began to not take our own responsibility we just start blaming it's not my fault it's 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 my parents fault it's the world's fault it's the government's fault it, we we don't own it's what it is in us but you know unfortunately we are all born with it no matter who we are no matter how clean cleanse cleanly we are how how good of a life we live we all have that because in the problem is in is not from outside. You, you won't contract sin from other people. It's actually within us, unfortunately. And it is the hardest thing maybe to admit that, you know, this problem is actually within. I cannot do anything about this and there is nobody to blame. And we all have sinned. We all have thoughts that we could be better than others. We could be better than God. We, we could handle this on our own. This is all the effect of sin. It is a worldwide pandemic of sin that affects all humanity of all history 
it affects every single one of us. And unfortunately, the death rate of sin is 100%. There is nobody that can be, the death is avoided because the wages of sin is death. And that is, no matter how long of a life we live, at the end, we're done. We don't have eternity with God. But that was the original plan for God. We, he, God, wanted to have an eternal, perfect relationship with us. But now, because of sin, it has to end. And that's why God said, I can't let that happen. God gave a solution to this complete misery. Without any, there was no hope, but he gave hope to us. He gave himself to us, the creator God, the holy God, who is almighty God. He has nothing to blame. He has no sin whatsoever. He took on flesh just like you and I, and he said, you know what? I'm going to take this sin upon me, and I'm going to carry this, and I'm going to die like a sinner so that they never have to blame each other, and they could just say, hey, all they have to do is believe that I took on that sin, But then God also promised that on the third day, I will rise. And whenever we get to encounter Jesus, that means that your sin has been forgiven because Jesus came out of that tomb. He defeated the power of sin and death and giving us life. And that is the living hope, the resurrection hope that we have. But without the crucifixion, without his suffering, that is not possible. That is why he had to do that. Without the crucifixion and what Jesus gave himself, without that sacrifice, we'll still be stuck in sin. And God just says, God could not stand that to be the reality, so he had to die for you and I. But that leads to the hope of resurrection, that Easter morning, the story of the empty tomb. Hey, if you're on whatever device, it'll be on the screen, but I want you to look at verse 5, verse five the latter half of verse 5 of chapter 24 of Luke. Let's read this together, the, the part that says, it's in the parentheses. Can we read that together on your devices or on the screen? Let's read this together out loud. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Amen, church. He has risen. And that's when our new story begins, when we encounter that he is alive. And then the story goes in verse 6 later on. It says, remember, this is angels talking to these, these women. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and the third day be raised again. And then they all remembered his words. That's when the women said, oh yeah, that's right. He did say all these things. That's right, I remember. He said he has to die, he has to suffer. At that time we didn't get it, but now I get it. It was this aha moment. You know, he un- they understood that this was all for me. The suffering that he went through, the nails on his arms, the, the crown of the throne, throne, crown of thorns on his head, all the beatings he took, all the death and all the suffering. And that death on the cross, that was for me. The burial, that was for me. That was we're supposed to be me who's dying, but he took it for me. And when they saw the empty tomb, the hope of the resurrection began to rise up within them. And then later on, these women, they encounter the risen Christ, and the resurrection hope became real. And I want to ask you this morning, wherever you may be, is the hope of resurrection real to you? 
Do you believe that this was all for you? The cross, the suffering, the death, the burial. This whole story of God becoming flesh, but to die for me? Do you believe that this morning? When you do believe that, when you believe that Jesus has died for your sins, you too will notice the empty tomb. You could look in there, but he's not there. He's risen. We just read that. Where is he now? He is here with you. He is living with you in your heart. That's where he is right now. He's not in the tomb. He's not in the death or the sin, the wages. No, no, he has taken care of that. And he is alive and he is living. Do you believe that this morning? That is the most important message in all Bible because that is why everything had to take, took place for you to receive this resurrection hope. And now, what happened after this, this, that morning is truly incredible. I'm going to read from verse 13, so if you could follow along as well. Verse 13 says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. These are two disciples of Jesus. And then they were walking. Verse 14, they were walk, talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things to each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that happened these, there in these days? Obviously, their eyes were still closed. The spiritual eyes were not open. So as they, Jesus came, it was almost like a stranger just coming alongside. You know, they're going to Emmaus. They're leaving Jerusalem because they're hopeless. They're like, oh, they, 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 they thought something great was going to happen, but nothing did. So they're going back home. And that's when Jesus came. But, you know, just imagine in your situation, imagine someone came up to you randomly and says, hey, what's going on in this world? Like, why are people so sad? Why are people panicking? Why are they, what's up with these lines in front of Trader Joe's? <laughs> you know, if somebody said that to you, wouldn't you say, Hello? Where have you been? I mean, this COVID-19 is taking over the world. I mean, you'll probably say, where have you been? It was kind of like that. Because this is a big deal. Jesus dying on the cross as a, like a sinner, and that struck them. That, that meant hope is gone. And, that, and they were like, how could you not know that? If you're coming back from Jerusalem like us, how could you not know? Well, that's when Jesus came alongside and asked them, hey, what happened? Would you tell me? Tell me in your own words, what did you think that happened? So the two began to explain. And obviously their eyes are still closed. And they began to explain, hey, you know, I put this hope, my hope in this Jesus guy. I thought he's going to deliver us. I thought he's going to take us from the oppression of Rome and give us freedom. And for us, the Israelites or the Jews, well, we're going to rise up. And I thought he was going to lead us, but then he just died like a crucified, like a criminal. I mean, we're, our hope is gone. And remember, they said they're downcast, right? And then they said, 
Well, some of the women shared amazing news that this body, his body was gone after 30 days. Wait a minute. Let's pause right here. They heard this amazing news. Why are they still disappointed? Why are they walking back to Mao's where they came from? Why are they not in Jerusalem celebrating with the women? Oh, his body is gone. He must have written. Why did, not, why did they not do that? You know, I just thought about this week. That's what hopelessness does to all of us, to the best of us, to the most faithful. You know, just look around this week. How did you feel this week? Weren't you not challenged? What is going on? Like, is this real? You know, that's what hopelessness, that's what worries, that, that's what, what those fear in us will do. It'll block us from experiencing this resurrection hope. That Jesus is right there, but we're so downcast. And that's what these news that is worries us, it will do to us. No wonder they couldn't see this amazing news. They couldn't celebrate it. It happened to these disciples of Jesus. And maybe it is you right now as Christians, or maybe you're, you've, been, you've been a faithful follower of Jesus, or you've studied the Bible, but this week it's been tough for you. Well, please encounter Jesus as he came alongside these men, or these the, this, this two guys, or it could actually be a woman, so we don't know. But anyways, Jesus began to explain. And it was like, he's like, Everything is explained, and it was all written in the Bible. This had to happen for you. This, this suffering, it's all written in Isaiah, all written in, you know, in the Psalms. It's been prophesied. It's all in there that the Son of Man had to suffer because that is what it means to carry the sins of all humanity. But he's, it is all, also written that he will rise again. And I had to do this. It had to happen. And as they, as Jesus began to explain, and still, they're, they're, they're still covered. They can't see if it's Jesus or not. But he's saying to them, this resurrection hope is actually here, you know. And then these two began to be excited. It began to be, oh, starting, something's changing. Something's coming, within, coming up within them. This hope is coming within. It's like, hey, would you come to our home? I want to still hear your story. Come and explain a little more. And I want to hear your story. So they, they invite. Let me read from verse 30. When he was at the table with them, this is Jesus. He took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him. And then he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Just this amazing moment that took place on that Easter resurrection morning. You know, some say that, you know, as, as Jesus broke bread, they saw the nails, the, the, the holes or, or that mark on his hole. And then they were like, wow, they finally saw. Or maybe it was just the action of breaking that bread once again. It's like, this is my body. Like, I'm going to give myself. It is that moment where their scales came off. It was their spiritual eyes were open. They encountered the resurrection hope right in front of them. And from that moment on, their lives have changed. They were so happy again. They left where they were. They went back to Jerusalem. They started celebrating on the way, whoever they got in contact with they're like hey resurrection is true jesus i saw just imagine their joy their testimony 
That was their life after encountering the resurrected Christ. You know, it was that bunch of balloon moment, right? I mean, it's like, I just found something most amazing. I cannot go back. My eyes have been opened, and I'm not going to close it. I can't go back to the, the balloon, making the balloon days. I just, you, that's the hope that we got. Now, maybe some of you are heading back to the mouse, disappointed, hopeless, maybe disappointed or angry at God. Like, what happened? What's going on? Maybe some of you, instead of celebrating with the risen Christ, maybe you're going back to where you're so familiar, back to your places of, of, of worry, of, of, of sin, of, of darkness. You know, those disappointments, those tend to cover our eyes to see the resurrection hope, doesn't it? It, it, it dawns on us. It weighs heavy on us. And I am too. Pastor Phil shared that too. We, every day it's been a heavy morning to wake up to. What's new? What's next? Let right now, let us be filled with that resurrection hope of Jesus. Let's encounter him today. And how do we do that? Well, how did they do that? Jesus began to explain scriptures when we open the word of God, his spoken word, the living words of God, we will encounter Jesus. When you seek it, you will find it. So continue to open up scriptures, church, wherever you may be, not just right now, not just on a Sunday, but every single day. Let's open because you will encounter him, the risen Christ. And you know the story of this, the story of Emmaus as they go back this story is Jesus teaching us, hey, let's put your head up. Don't be downcast. I'm with you. I'm going to walk with you every single moment until your heart is filled with that hope. This is a story of Jesus reminding us that believe in me and you will rise with me, not just only in this life, but in a life everlasting. Amen, church. I can't hear you. Come on, church. Oh, come on, you can say that more in your living room. Tell your neighbors amen to that. Come on now. This is the resurrection hope that Jesus, when we encounter him, that means your sin and death has been defeated. And you get to live a life that is no longer like the past, no longer filled with the worries of the fears of the past of the world. You get to live with the living hope in side of you it says in john eleven twenty five, i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even they die even though they die we live so do you believe in that do you resurrection hope do you want that resurrection hope today maybe you need that bunch of balloon moment today you know that the balloon you know you know you can't go back anymore once you discover that, your eyes have been opened. You can't go back. The resurrection hope is, is, is something that you want to have. That's the case. We get to pray later. That Receive that hope within you today. You know, everybody who's listening right now, whenever it is, maybe Sunday morning or later, but later in the recording, you know, resurrection hope. Don't live life without it. Don't live a single moment of your life without the resurrection hope of Jesus Christ.
touch your heart right now, if you can you? Like, you know, place your hand upon your heart right now if you can. If you're able to, if you're by yourself, if you're with your families, tell your kids to put their heart, put your hand, put their hands upon their heart. Make sure you have social distance. Well, not if you're at home, but, you know, just put your hand. Is it burning? With the fire of Jesus? The resurrection hope of Jesus? Do you feel that fire within you? Not your heartburn from like this morning's breakfast, but do you feel the hope of Jesus? That breakfast burrito that you had, you know, this morning? That sounds really good right now. But you know, it's not that type of heartburn, but it's that burning desire and the burning passion of Jesus Christ. Do you have that? Do you feel that? Or is it somewhat cold? It's somewhat, it's kind of this, been a while. Just touch it right now. You feel that? If you feel something cold there, you need to encounter the risen Christ today, right now. You need that Emmaus moment. You need the bunch of balloon moment. You need that right now because, you know, too many people, too many people out there in this world that is still making balloons the old-fashioned way. You know, they're struggling. They're, 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 fi- they're putting stuff in over and over again. They're making the same mistake as it rips. You just throw out. You rip and throw out. And you get frustrated. And it takes time. There's too many people out there that don't know a bunch of balloons. Come on now. I mean, you don't just leave them hanging, right? You're going to tell them, hey, go on Amazon. Get it right now. Well, it may take a while right now because Amazon Prime's a little bit slow right now. But anyways, you know, you'll tell them, right? You'll say, hey. You can't be doing that, especially if somebody that you really care for, you're not going to just leave them hanging and let them go through this same mistake over and over again. Putting, You will not. You'll share them the good news. Hey, you know what? There are too many people living in this world today without the resurrection hope of Jesus Christ. You can't leave them hanging because you know what changes everything. The hope of Jesus, especially if, if they're loved ones. You can't just leave them hanging, right? You're going to teach them. You're going to share them. Hey, this is not this hope of Christ, this cross of Jesus, the resurrection morning. It's not just for me, but it's for you. And I want to pray with you. I want you to know this. You're going to share that news, right? Let us do that. Let us be filled with the hope of Christ ourselves so that we may overflow to others who are in need. Let us continue to pray and hope for the solution of the pandemic of COVID-19. Let's pray for a cure. Let's pray for this situation to resolve. But there's a bigger issue here. This issue of sin. What the world we need right now it's a heart of repentance, heart of heart that says, God, I need you. Because that is a much, believe it or not, a much bigger, much deeper, much more everlasting problem is the pandemic, the, 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 the problem of sin. But there is a hope right there. So in the meantime, as we hope and pray and do our very best as civil citizens, you know, in following the orders and, and, and hoping and praying and doing what we can to help this situation of coronavirus, let us share the hope of resurrection. As Christians, 
We are made for such time as this. Throughout history, whenever this world is hit with issues that is beyond us, it has always been the Christians that is rising up and, and sharing the good news and going the extra miles. And right now, we got to be careful what we can do and cannot. But we, as Christians, we're made for such a time as this. You may be there for such a time as this to rise up with the hope of Jesus, to share that and to, to live that out. And live without fear. Live with the hope. So let us be filled today with the resurrection hope so that we may overflow into this world. Right now, I want to take a moment to pray. Pray with you. And um, we're going to join me in prayer wherever you are. Um, let's, let's, let's be praying right now. Would you join me? Lord, I pray right now with those who are joining us wherever they are, maybe locally, maybe globally, through Facebook Live or whatever means that we people are seeing this. Lord, I pray that you would give us a burning heart for you, Jesus, knowing that we've been saved knowing that the resurrection hope is with me. I pray with those who may have been in this darkness, may have been in this hopelessness, but today we found our living hope, the resurrection hope of Jesus, encountering that you have defeated sin and death and the tomb is empty. If you're out there needing this hope of Jesus today. Maybe you've never thought about this, or maybe you thought this was for somebody else. Maybe this was for my neighbor or the other people. But today you say, no, I want this for me. I need this for me because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's after this life. And I want to have this assurance, the blessed assurance of heaven, of resurrection. If that is you today and you want to accept this today, right now, wherever you may be, pray these words with me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my worries, my thoughts, my sins to you. And I've been, I've been living without you for as long as I can remember, but today I'm going to put my hand out and receive your salvation, receive this resurrection hope I am a sinner I've been, I've been far away from you but today I come to you giving my all putting everything down at the feet of your cross where you've died I accept your salvation today Jesus would you guide me today and forevermore amen maybe for some of you today you may be a Christian. You may know of the gospel. You may have once believed or walked, went to church, but, but you've been too busy. You've been, you've been, the priorities of life has changed and, and you, you have different lifestyle. But, you know, in the midst of all the chaos in the world, you felt like the need to come back to church, to Jesus, to the Bible. Or maybe if that is you and you want to give back to where you've been or what you've been missing out with, if this is your story, 
If this is your time to come back to Jesus, would you pray these words with me? Lord Jesus, I want to put my priorities straight today. I've been living without you. I've been seeking other areas for hope, for security. But in these moments, I realize that there is no hope without you. So I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to, instead of walking towards the mouse, I'm going to come back to Jerusalem, celebrate the resurrected Christ. And along the way, I'm going to share that you have risen. You have hope. You will bring hope. And would you use me, God, to share the resurrection hope that changed everything. But right now, I ask, God, that you would fill me with that hope today. And for those of you who just prayed that prayer, you know, I wish I could be there to celebrate with you. I wish I could be there to give you a hug, but I can't. So when we we began to um, resume church back to normal together, and we will, join me. Come see me. But maybe when things get settled down, I'm like, ah, never mind. (laughs) You know, I'll I'll just live myself. Well, please know. And you don't need to come to me, but please know that God heard your words. God heard your prayer. Wherever that may be, you made a promise to God. Let's continue to seek him. Let's continue to live with the everlasting resurrection hope of Jesus Christ, wherever you may be. So let us still be con- stay connected to one another. Let us continue to worship right now. All right.